Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk eBay. I am your host, Johnny, with Sin City Hustlers. Uh, you can find me under Instagram under Sin City Hustlers, Sin underscore City underscore Hustlers. We are a husband and wife reselling team on eBay. Uh, episode 14. We are in episode 14. Just seems like not too long ago with my first podcast episode. Uh, this week, we're going to go over, of course, my weekly uh, sales. We're going to go over some eBay related news and we're going to go over a weird listing of the week. Uh, but first, we are going to have a reseller on. Uh, he's an amazing reseller. He is killing it. He's crushing it. Uh, he's none other than the uh, Hustlebee, Ken, the Hustlebee. So, yes, we're going to have him on the show. But uh, first, let's go over this. Today is September 11th, and we all know what happened in 2001, September 11th, uh, the attacks on the Twin Towers, not just the attacks on the Twin Towers in New York, but just attack on America in general. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you are old enough to remember uh, 9-11, where we were at, um, what point in our lives we were at when everything went down. And if you remember that day, I'll probably never forget it for the rest of my life. Just basically the whole country just shut down. Uh, planes were not flying. Uh, no traffic in the streets. Everybody was glued to their TVs because these idiot moron terrorists decided to, you know, fly planes into the Twin Towers. And uh, from there, uh, everything changed about America. So it is September 11th. Uh, much respect to all the fallen firefighters in New York, all the American citizens, innocent lives that were lost in September 11th. So it's sort of a, a somber day, but uh, life goes on. Um, life does go on. Um, let's talk about my week. My week was uh, pretty good. Uh, didn't do any sourcing uh, at all. Uh, my I did sourcing a couple weeks ago. I did a little sourcing on Sunday. But uh, it wasn't. I didn't pick up too much stuff. Uh, what I did pick up, though, I was at Savers, and I decided after me and my wife had breakfast, let's go to you know we stopped by Savers on our way to uh, Walmart, and this was the Savers here off Sunset in Henderson in Las Vegas area, and uh, we we're looking. We really didn't find anything electronics. You know, didn't have anything. No, no real hard goods. Look under clothing. Of course, I look under a lot of clothing, and there was nothing there. But uh, once in a while, I'll take a look up. And if you've ever been to Savers, uh, Savers puts all their artwork, paintings, pictures, everything on the top against the wall. And I looked up, but they have two sections of it, the Savers, here in Sunset. So I looked up, and I looked at this painting. And it was a real cool painting of look like a glass stained glass window painting but you know further inspection of it uh kind of find out um you you see it on my Instagram. if you're following my instagram you can see these paintings uh it was a banksy uh painting uh very rare that you'll find anything like that at savers it's a banksy canvas painting not sure if it's authentic or reprint i think it's a reprint but still you know i've always wanted to own some sort of banksy uh, art and this was Banksy. I I could tell right away uh, when I was inspecting it further. I was like, "This is Banksy," 
And so I told my wife, my wife knows who Banksy is, and we picked it up and we were like, how much is it? And they're like, 20 bucks. I'm like, whoa, 20 bucks. But it was a real cool piece. So I left it, went to the other side where the clothing is, and there's another section where they have art, uh, paintings and pictures and frames, and looked up and there's another Banksy piece up there. Same size canvas. It's the girl with the red balloon. If you ever uh, look at Banksy art, that one's a pretty iconic uh, Banksy uh, piece. And it's just a silhouette of a girl letting go of a, a red balloon. And it's just a simple painting. But, you know, it, you know, it's what Banksy's known for. He's known for basically his stencils. And he's a street artist, basically. He stencils a lot of stuff on the street. And he's anonymous. No one knows who Banksy is. They've been trying to figure out for years, decades, who Banksy is. And he puts on uh, uh, amazing art shows for free. He doesn't charge anything for his art shows because everything is on the street. Um, I would recommend you guys ever watch a documentary. It's called Exit Through the uh, Gift Shop. Exit Through the Gift Shop. And it's all about Banksy. Uh, Banksy, this this guy who's directing the uh, documentary, is trying to figure out who Banksy is basically in the whole documentary. Finally meets the guy. He said, "I'll be, I'll interview you, but don't put me on camera." So he does. Meets the guy, goes over his work. The guy who's directing gets influenced by him and starts doing his own stencil uh, artwork and stencil pieces. And he goes by the name of Mister Brainwash. Now, if you look at Mister Brainwash. Uh, pieces they're pretty similar to Banksy pieces and his art is pretty famous now uh, called Mr. Brainwash that's what he calls himself and at first he just wanted to do a documentary about Banksy and Banksy art and he ends up becoming an artist himself and now he's pretty famous for his artwork basically influenced off Banksy it's sort of like it's all sort of like reselling a lot of uh, resellers that I interview are influenced by other resellers, you know, and, you know, the same thing with art. Art is influenced by other artists. You know, we are influenced by other resellers, you know, how how much they're doing, what they're selling, how they're selling it, you know, crushing it. So, you know, it, it was real cool. We picked up two pieces. We weren't sure if we we're going to get them, but we didn't want to leave them because if we decided to change our mind and go back, they would be gone. And so we picked up both pieces $20 each, and I said, screw it, it's a deal, because we always wanted Banksy, and they're not small paintings, they're pretty large, they're like 60 inch by, I think by 20 inch or something like that, pretty big canvases, and uh, we we brought them home, as you can see on my Instagram, we brought them home, uh, my wife put them up on the wall already, and they look cool, and they're Banksy art, and I love Banksy art, so if you ever check out the documentary, check out Exit Through the Gift Shop, it's all about Banksy, so, and when we picked up these paintings, we totally forgot we were sourcing. <laughs> these are just for our personal collection. So they went up on the wall, like I said. Cool, awesome pickups. I love Banksy art. So if you see it, pick it up. Because a lot of stuff, he doesn't sign. He rarely signs any of his work. But I believe these are reprints, though. But uh, it was a cool pickup. Uh, but that's pretty much it for my week. I really didn't source. Um, what I did is list the rest of the stuff on my inventory, take photographs and list and getting ready for Q4. 
Now, Q4 is right now. Fourth quarter of the year, everybody's getting ready. If you look, if you're following other resellers, they are getting ready for Q4 or are ready for Q4 because Q4 is is the biggest reselling selling time of the year, getting close to the holidays, Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday. And so all the resellers are gearing up. They're getting their stuff ready. They're getting the inventory listed so they can kill it. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm preparing. This is going to be my first Q4 as a reseller. Now, if you're resellers out there who are just starting and you're just starting now, this is probably the best time to start is Q4. Uh, just make sure you get all your items listed. I mean, photograph listed uh, and just keep on listing every day. Just always have new listings up just to have that traffic to you to your uh, store. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, I was curious. I go over my logistics as far as a podcast, and it's got over fifteen hundred listens from you know from podcast one till thirteen last week's uh, podcast, which is over about a hundred listens uh, for each episode, which is I think is pretty good from a guy who's never done anything this type of of podcast or you know I have a YouTube channel. I got my IG. You know, and everything like that. So I, I just want to thank everybody for listening, for listening to this podcast. Um, I think it's informative. I think it's entertaining. Uh, I believe you guys love when I interview other resellers. Um, I love interviewing other resellers and getting their story. I'm sure you guys just gonna don't want to hear my story every week. So that's why I have other resellers on to interview. So you can hear their stories, their journey. And what they're doing and how they're selling. And just keep you guys motivated and influenced to keep selling. Because this is an awesome this is an awesome job. If it's a side hustle, if it's full time for you, you know, it's awesome. I, I'm real passionate about it. I'm only doing it part time. As everybody knows, if you listen to my podcast, hoping to go full time soon. So that's pretty much it for my week. Um, I don't want to keep going on about, uh, about Q4. Um, Everybody's going to be talking about Q4 for the for the rest of Q4. But uh, be prepared. Uh, make sure you got uh, you're stocked up on your boxes, uh, your uh, USPS boxes, everything. Make sure you don't run out of anything. I think I got everything ready. There's probably a few other things I'm I'm not quite ready for Q4, but I'm just about ready for Q4. So there's a few more things I got to get listed. Uh, I'm gonna do it and uh, go ahead and. Do some more sourcing this weekend. It is my birthday this weekend. September 16th, my birthday. Turning 47. But uh, I got to keep on hustling out there. And uh, that's pretty much it for my week. Um, Let's get on with the show. Uh, We're going to have the Hustle Bee on. We're going to interview him and get his story, his journey. And let's get him on right now. Let's talk to the Hustle Bee. Hello, Ken. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's Johnny. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Good, good. Nice to nice to meet you. I, I know I met you once at the uh, Hustler Hacks meetup in Vegas, but uh, we didn't. I, there was a lot of people there, so you were talking to a lot of people. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I remember that. Uh, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, always, always down to uh, chop it up with uh, you know fellow resellers. 
<laughs> and just, you know, hopefully be able to help more people too. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like, a, I've told people in other podcasts, I'm, I'm like a huge Hustlebee fan. I'm a huge Hustler Hacks fan. I love your guys' yeah. content. I love your guys' YouTube channel. Your, your Instagram is always active and everything. Do, do you find it, uh, is it necessary to have an active social media account when you're a reseller? You really don't. Well, I mean, you know, like how how my Instagram uh, really started was I actually used my personal out first and uh, I tried to follow all these people in the reselling community. And then after a while, it's like, man, like, you know, I saw that they were documenting their journey and that's what really inspired me the most. And, you know, I really don't know where I was going to take it. Right. I didn't know I was going to be able to do six figures in my first year and stuff like that but one of the things that I wanted is like man this would be so cool because like you know how back in the day we had photo albums yeah and what I like about Instagram is you know everything gets saved there can always look back at things and you know like our our phones get you know uh, too saturated with photos you know from personal life from going on vacation and stuff like that I said, let me just make a separate, you know, photo album just for my reselling thing. And then, you know, start documenting it. And then, you know, next thing I know, uh, you know, I start getting uh, questions, you know, people related to my journey. And then that's when I feel like, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, and then I found that, you know, it was, it was really fulfilling to help other people too, just like how Hustler Hacks YouTube channel helped me. So I just, you know, just really, uh, uh, passing it for uh, uh, passing it forward, you know, uh, giving yeah. it uh, giving more to the community and to the people that are willing to uh, get into the uh, business. So, right. besides that, you know, like a, a lot of people tell me, like, you know, why don't you just focus on selling? It's like, I could do that, you know, I, I could focus on selling, just not bother Instagram. But a lot of uh, what I've got from Instagram is really some some tips that I didn't know and some ideas that, you know, we've built upon. That's, that's very true. Um, I did the same thing with, with Instagram. I'm just only Instagram. I have a Facebook, but I do nothing with it. It's more of a personal. I switched my Instagram from personal to business. Did you do the same thing? Yeah. Um, so like when I created the hustle B account, yeah, it was, it was for, uh, basically for business. Now, um, what I ask other resellers when I interview them, um, how did you discover that you can resell on eBay or make an actual business on eBay? Um, really, what started is uh, uh, Christmas of 2016. Um, I quit my full-time job um, in September of uh, 2016. And then I was just uh, doing some side hustles. Uh, what, what, one of my side hustles was, uh, driving for Uber and, uh, me and my wife decided that we were going to go, uh, go back to the Philippines. I'm from the Philippines, uh, me and my wife for the Christmas season and, you know, spend a month there and just kind of like a lot of it was just really kind of like take a breather and see what we wanted to do next. And, uh, cause I've only had one job in my life. And it's so happened. I loved it at first. And then next thing I know, I just started hating it just because of the fact that, you know, I've reached glass ceiling. I couldn't, they would, they wouldn't promote me. They wouldn't let me do more than what I was doing. So, um, 
after that, um, I came back here January of 2017, you know, fresh from vacation and everything like that. So I was just thinking. I got into drop shipping. Uh, drop shipping was pretty lucrative, but it, it really needed a lot of attention. And then, you know, I started following the 2017 Flip Challenge by Gary V. And then I was like, man, you know, like this are, you know, I know you can flip stuff online because I've sold uh, some of my personal shoes yeah. uh, on eBay before. Uh, you know, I'm a sneakerhead, so I collect, I buy and collect. So it was kind of like, you know, um, all more, more of what I did was just really trying to, you know, buy more shoes for myself. Right. And I was really more a consumer side there. I uh, just want to get rid of stuff that I didn't use. And then, so like, what I was really looking at this point was a full-time income. Um, and then uh, uh, me and my partner before uh, we were trying to do a startup, which is a mobile break service company. And then it just really literally didn't work out. Uh, you know, uh, he was uh, so corporate minded that, you know, he didn't want to put in the extra work. You know, he was, he was so uh, nine to five. Uh, yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to wake up early. He didn't want to stay in late. So, so, you know, we did just didn't get along well because of that. Um, so I said, you know, I just, you know, we'll just scrap this and stuff like that. So, so and then just looking at the hashtags, looking at articles about reselling, I ran into an article uh, that was written uh, about hustler hacks, about how he paid his $50,000 student loan debt. I was like, wait a minute, that's real money right there, 50000 You know, you see people making a 1000 here, a 1000 there. I was like, man, this guy was able to pay a student loan debt. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, would take them 10, 20 years to get, get this taken care of. Right. So, they, you know, did it quick, did it fast. It's like, so I just started watching his, uh, his YouTube videos. I've watched all of his YouTube videos. Um, I almost twice. I'm not, I know I've watched them once, uh, all of them. And then I just started really to realize that, man, you know, all these times that I was looking for deals for myself, these are actually things that I can resell. So, you know, things that I've looked for uh, at the Nike outlet, uh, at the Marshalls, at the TJ Maxx, at the, you know, retail stores. So, so you know, personally, I love, you know, high-end brands, but I don't want to, you know, I want to ball on the budget. So, uh, so I learned how to, you know, do all of the discounts, the coupon codes and stuff like that. So, after that, man, I just, you know, DM Glenn. We, we emailed a few times uh, and then, then he gave me some tips and then I just went went on head on. And from there, it was just no turning back. Me and my wife was like really dedicated to it. So, uh, yeah, February of 2017, that's how we started. That's when we started. Nice, nice. Now, when you um, maybe a whole lot of listeners out there don't know really who the Hustle Bee is. And maybe you do follow, if you do follow him on his Instagram, uh, Hustlebee, right? Yep. Yep. It's the Hustlebee. Yeah. Um, when you first started reselling, did you have any capital or did, was everything that you sourced was out of pocket? Um, it was, it was out of pocket, really. Uh, it was um, what I did to raise capital is I sold some of my personal collection. And then after that, um, I came up with $500 and with that $500, I started with um, going to the outlets and turning that $500 over and over again. So 
um, at this point, I was driving for Uber about about 20 hours every weekend, and that would usually bring me $400 uh, in, you know, income stream every weekend. So I did that every weekend, uh, and then my wife uh, picked up some babysitting jobs, and after that, it was just, you know, putting and reinvesting everything back to the business. Nice. Now, at what point did you uh, say to yourself, I don't need to drive for Uber anymore. My wife doesn't need to uh, have babysitting money. At what point when you were reselling that did, did you need to stop all that and just focus on reselling? It was it was after uh, it was after the third month, because a lot of my first 90 days, um, I hit a a restriction a category restriction with eBay. So uh, you're uh, you're only allowed to list X amount of items you know, for your first 90 days. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I didn't know that. So um, it was and it was on the shoe category, and then I was more focused on the shoe. So that kind of like uh, uh, made me pivot to you know not source for more shoes. Uh, uh, so we we did 2,800 in our first month, and then reinvested all of that back. And then we did eight thousand the next uh, the next month after that, and then ten thousand on the third month, and then after that we realized that man we you know that's when I started to uh, uh, I stopped driving for Uber, and then my wife just focused on helping me out. But at that point it was still you know I mean we weren't taking anything out. It was just whatever we had to eat, whatever we paid the bills, everything went back to the business. So. You know, one of the cool stories I tell everybody was, you know, uh, ramen, uh, ramen and frozen pizza got us to where <laughs> we're at right now. You I, know? Uh, I feel you, man. I mean, I'm probably at almost at where your point is. I mean, I've only been resell- reselling for nine months. Oh, uh-huh. so I have my capital is slowly building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm almost in the same boat that you were at that time. Yeah. So, you know, I still yeah. work a full time job, so I'm only doing eBay part time. Yeah, and I'm hoping my my goal right now is maybe at some point in the future, I will go yeah. full time. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, you've had nine months of you know filling it out as a part time, and you know, the biggest thing that that money can't buy is time. You know, and uh, really controlling your time and deci- deciding how your day will go is really the best thing. You know, like I I somebody could offer me a more better paying job right now. Uh, but I would still choose reselling. Yeah. I, I wouldn't either because <laughs> I mean, I see your Instagram and you're pretty transparent with your numbers. I mean, you put your numbers up once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's one of the things that I want to encourage people, you know, and when I do post my numbers, I, I show people my net, my net income, you know, uh, I'm a numbers guy. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the thing that I want to change is like, you know, it's, there's two things that can happen when you post things on social media. Is it a kind of post that will encourage somebody or is it a kind of post that will discourage somebody? So a lot of, you know, social media is sometimes all about highlights. I, uh, I totally agree that I agree on that, but a lot of it are just celebration too, you know? So one of the things that I always keep in mind when I'm posting things is I want to show people how much I really did make after, you know, because a lot of the sale numbers are just gross profit. 
you know, it's not net profit. So, so I really challenged myself when I post numbers, I really challenged myself to know my net profit so that I can share that these are not all my money, you know, there's expenses within it. So, um, yeah. And that's, that's what I want to use my Instagram for is when I encourage people that it's possible, you know, in a short amount of time that I've been doing it and also encourage them that, it's not always going to be a smooth ride. You know, there were at one point um, that we were down 40%, you know, uh, on our sales during summertime. Um, you know, a lot of it were things that we didn't control. Uh, a lot of it was our choice. I, I went into a, a one month vacation with my family, you know, like last year I didn't, I spent zero time with my family during holidays. And uh, this year uh, it was back in June. Uh, my parents flew uh, over here with my brother and sister, and we took uh, we took time off for a full month. And um, you know, it our sales dipped to eight thousand in thirty one days. But but I it could I always tell everybody's like you know that was a time that was very well spent with my family and it was totally worth it. And that's why I resell. And that's probably something you couldn't really control because they if you talk to a lot you I mean you know a lot of resellers I know some mm-hmm. resellers. You know, when summertime comes around, it's almost like, oh, man, here comes summer, summer mm-hmm. slowdown. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, talking to other resellers, um, the summer, the summer slowdown, sales mm-hmm. are going to dip, you know, you know, I right. don't, you know, source as much and stuff like that because yeah. my, my sales are not, are not going to be where they're at. Mm-hmm. Do you go, do you have that same mindset or do you just keep, you know, just keep going or just keep hustling? Mm-hmm. A lot of it is I just I just continue to hustle really because uh, I I am a very I, my outlook in things is always gonna be half glass full and um, you know I will always look for opportunity instead of focusing on my obstacles and one of the biggest things that really helped us last year is last year I was new I didn't realize that summer slowdown was real. You know, I didn't know if it was a thing. You know, I just heard it from resellers that have done it. So I was just hustling myself off. And what happened really last summer is, um, yes, sales weren't there, weren't really there. But what happened is I was able to build my inventory because my sales weren't flying off the shelf. So, yes, I did have a lot of inventory. So, you know, one one item would sell and I would buy five more, right? One item would sell, I'd buy six more, three more. So mm-hmm. so the biggest thing that um, I actually did um, last year was since June last of last year, uh, when I was well, during June or summertime last year, I was preparing for Q4. Bef- and then at that time, I had about like 50,000 in inventory. And mm-hmm. then by the time... Q4 hits, I had 100,000 in inventory. Wow. So during that time, I was very stocked up. It was kind of scary because I had a lot of inventory, <laughs> you know, and then really running dry. I mean, uh, my PayPal was always close to zero because it was when something sells, I immediately would go out and buy something to replace yeah. it. Because you're, and that's, what I, that's what I hear from, a, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, that's what I hear from a lot of uh, resellers because uh-huh. I'm still fairly new. Mm-hmm. And I'm still learning, and I learn a lot from you. Yeah, and I learn a lot from Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, the hustle, you know, hustler hacks, you know, and a lot of other resellers that I follow on Instagram and YouTube, is 
everything that that you build as far as capital reinvest it into your business and yeah you know and i hear other resellers say you know what just whatever you make take half of it into your for your capital the other mm -hmm. half you put it you know somewhere else and i'm like people have different yeah uh ideas or yeah. or ways of using or utilizing that capital yeah. but but here's the thing uh the biggest thing that the the other uh, sellers lack is knowing their their uh, net profit loss, you know, loss profit ratio. Because why would I put something? Why put? I, why would I put my money on something that's only gonna grow ten percent when I know I can always double my money in the things that I buy? So yeah. what I usually do is I held off. I'm not going to buy anything for myself. I'm not going to pay anything for, I'm not going to pay myself anything because if I can find another shoe there for 20 bucks that I can sell for $80 and make more than double my money, I'm good with that. So, I mean, me and my wife talk about it. We're on this thing for the next three to five years. We're, we're living as poor as we can for the next five years so that, you know, by the time I can, I can, you know, I can enjoy after five years. I'd rather do things quick. And if I'm going to fail, I'd rather fail quick so I can redo it all over again. Um, a lot of times, you know, when, when we are, uh, when we are too safe in our moves, the payoffs are not going to be that great. And, you know, from what I've learned from all the big companies and all these great entrepreneurs is they've failed big, but they've, the reason why they won big is because they fit, they were willing to fail big. That's that's a good point. That's mm -hmm. really good. Um, be, uh, who, when you started selling, who who was besides? I know you mentioned Gary V. Mm -hmm. It kind of influenced you with yeah. the with the uh, reselling challenge. Um, who else kind of influenced you to uh, to start reselling? Uh, one was one was really Gary V. And uh, next was you know the biggest thing was Hustler Hacks. He was pretty much all the content that I've uh, listened to. Uh, just because of uh, he's more into the sports, sporting goods equipment, right? And uh, sporting goods category. And that's one thing that I really like the most. Uh, I've listened to a few of the clothing seller that really didn't, that really didn't uh, kind of like encourage me because a lot of it was more work, right? Like measuring it. Uh, uh, and dealing with returns and fit issue. When you're dealing with shoes, you know your shoe size. At some point after probably 18, your foot's not going to grow. And, yeah, you know, certain brands, you already memorize your, your fit, right? Like Nike, I'm always a nine and a half at Nike. Uh, Adidas, I'm this size and that size. And, yeah. you know, uh, and, you know, the biggest thing that I learned is um, – and I've used to, I'm, my advantage is um, I graduated with a bachelor's of entrepreneurship and I minored in psychology. The uh, biggest thing in psychology is uh, we are creatures of habits. And the reason why the third market or the, sec the third party selling or the secondary market is going to always go strong, you know, selling used or past season items because we're creatures of habits. When we're used to something, we want to use it over and over again. So, for example, the biggest uh, sellers for me are, are uh, football cleats from 2014. 
it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. And then I look up patterns like, why is this? Because they're comfortable with it. They've used it over and over again and they don't want to change. Uh, so, so looking at that is there are always going to be people looking for that item that they cannot buy on retail store anymore. That hence they will go to eBay. And that's what's great about eBay and their platform. It's just because, you know, Amazon and I know Glenn is he sells on Amazon, but, you know, Amazon is a completely different. I'm right. going to use his, his word, a beast yeah. when it comes yeah. to a selling platform. Yep. And uh, eBay, you can sell pretty much pretty much anything. Right. Yeah, exactly. Besides the certain brands that you can't. I mean, I've I've hadn't found something that I couldn't sell on eBay, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I know most of the people who are listening to this podcast know who the Hustle Bee is, but uh, where where do you reside? Um, I am in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, so I'm out here uh, in the east east side. And have you? Oh, did you grow up in the? No, I actually. Yeah, no. um, Me and my wife are from the Philippines, and then when we uh, decided to get married. it was, you know, uh, we wanted to go on an adventure together. Uh, and we decided, like, well, let's just move to a different country where we don't know anybody else. Um, my family is very well connected in the Philippines. So I've always kind of had the chip on the shoulder and said, like, you know, like, I may be, I'm probably only, you know, successful in business here because I have my parents' connection, you know, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, so that was that was kind of like different because I've always wanted to be that that entrepreneur that made it. You know, the, you know the the success stories that oh they didn't know anybody they had nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, and so when me and my wife decided it's like oh let's move to a you know let's move to the U.S. It was either here or Australia, and uh, you know U.S. was just kind of like a an easier uh, move for us. Uh, because my dad knew a few people just in case, right? Um, yeah. so, my, so how we actually end up in Cincinnati, my dad knew a friend, uh, you know, a longtime friend that he was willing to let us stay for uh, uh, with him at his house for six months uh, until we get everything uh, situated. So we did that. Um, and then, you know, uh, now we just got our own apartment and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, we're currently uh, looking to move now. Uh, I think we've exhausted Cincinnati's opportunity, and it's just sad that we don't have a Ross here. <laughs> Is it uh, pretty dry there in Cincinnati? As far as no, sourcing? we don't. We don't have Ross. <laughs> so we don't. No, zero Ross. My closest Ross is in Indianapolis, so that's two hours away. Wow. So. Okay. With with that being said, uh, you living in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, tell uh, people who don't know the hustle. Be what is your daily routine when it comes to like sourcing and uh-huh. shipping out your stuff? You know, yeah. what does the hustle be do daily? So, um, I have kind of like a busy day in the uh, uh, relaxed day. So uh, we'll start with a Monday. My Monday usually consists of uh, sh- uh, accounting accounting and admin work so we're out there trying to figure out the upcoming bills for the week and trying to uh, do the sales report for the previous week Um, and throughout the weekend me and my wife are continuously packing Uh, when when we catch ourselves not doing anything 
we're always wanting to fulfill orders, get everything ready. We never, we hardly get our uh, inventory uh, or our orders more than 15. You know, once it starts racking up there, we always kind of like, oh, let's print some labels. Let's get this ready. So Monday comes. Uh, uh, we really don't source on Monday. Uh, we do accounting, admin work. We drop it off a of post office. Uh, we call it kind of like our chill day, relax day. Monday, we usually go do something together, maybe with movies or go out and eat, uh, relax. So Tuesday comes. Um, I usually source locally. Um, so anything within the 30 to an hour, 30 minute to an hour radius within my area, I do that. Wednesday is kind of like our hard sourcing day. Um, I usually start very early. It's either I travel, I usually travel two hours away. Um, so I start my day, maybe, uh, between 7.30 to 8 in the morning, start driving, get to the stores by 9.30 or 10. Um, usually stay in that city for for the next um, five to six hours. And then I start heading back to catch our Wednesday night show with uh, Hustler Hacks. And so I usually do that. And then Thursday, uh, it's kind of like I, it's a sourcing day. Uh, I stay within an hour range of drive, but I usually mostly go to my Nike outlets and try to see if there are any good shoe that I can pick up during the weekend, if, you know, if they'll have a sale during the weekend. Uh, now, Friday, Saturday is my Nike day. Uh, me and my wife go together sourcing uh, during Friday and Saturday. Uh, this is a full day of just hardcore sourcing. Uh, and, and we usually get home, you know, about 10 before midnight. And then we usually don't sleep until we get everything listed on eBay. So that's kind of our rule. Um, we don't follow the regular sleeping pattern of when it's, you know, when it's nighttime, it's time to sleep. When it's nighttime for us, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, we, we don't have a sleeping schedule. Uh, a lot of people may, may be, you know, surprised by it because sometimes I reply to DMs 3 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> and stuff like that. And you know, I'm I'm East Coast time, you know. So if it's midnight in in your time there, it's 3 a.m. in my time. So uh, that's kind of my our schedule. Uh, uh, it's really like creating something. Like I said before, it's creating something that really works for you. And we're both not a morning person, so we usually start a day later uh, on times, you know, when we're not really. Besides Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, besides Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we usually don't wake up early. So what you're saying is uh, the Hustle Bee and Mrs. Hustle Bee, you guys don't sleep at all, do you? No, I mean, we take <laughs> naps. We love taking naps. We love taking naps and uh, we're always buzzing. That's what everybody say, you know, and, and it's funny that, you know, a few uh, certain people recognize us in their stores like, Oh, why are you here? You're like four hours four hours away from Cincinnati. It's like <laughs> yeah, I'm the hustle bee. <laughs> That's the hustle bee. Um, do you uh, do you get a lot more recognized now because uh, you're on Hustler Hacks channel and you go yeah. out to store, even like the grocery store or something? You'll say, "Hey, you know, you're the hustle." No, bee, right? I'm not really. Nobody has recognized me uh, besides the stores that we sourced at. You know, okay. <laughs> 
Arlington, Marshalls, you know, uh, nobody recognizes me. But uh, in big cities, when me and Glenn go go hustle, and when we do our out hustle, you know, there's a few people, and you know, it's always it it, it makes us happy when we see other people hustling too. Uh, you know, like a lot of times, a lot of uh, the people that we see are people that just got off work. People are during under lunch break. You know, people, you know, before going to work, trying to stop by a few retail stores. And, you know, that 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 really uh, that really inspires us to do more because, you know, at some point we're able to inspire some people to hustle up, hustle and, you know, make that extra income and, you know, try to uh, get that freedom that they want. That's what I love about the reselling community, because if it was any other like corporate job, it could be construed as competition. Yeah. Do you see it as competitors or is it just the love of the reselling community? A lot of it is um, I, I, I do see everybody as competitors, but but I have I realize that I cannot be everywhere at the same time. Right. You know, of course, when I see you at the same store, you are my competitor at that time. But when you're hustling on a different city or three stores down, we're not really direct competitors anymore, right? Because right. like, because you're at that place at that time, and I'm at this place at this time. So, um, a lot of it, you know, I'm I'm very competitive when in regards to uh, chasing something, uh, trying to you know, beat a goal. Um, a lot of it are are goals that I set on myself because uh, we live in different cities. You know, different bigger cities have more stores. Uh, me and Glenn are in a smaller market city and that's what we want to prove to everybody that you can still be successful even though you're in a small city. Yes. And you guys uh, stress that uh, with the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that how uh, Out Hustled uh, started? Is yeah. kind of sourcing outside of your you know, yeah. comfort yeah. area? Yeah. A lot of it too is like we get a lot of uh, kind of like doubts maybe or questions like oh i cannot be like hustler hacks or hustle b because i live in this city and they they live in their city right and then and then if you look at the maps we have the list least amount of stores you know uh we're not the biggest we're not even considered as medium right and glenn has one nike outlet i do have three but he has ross i don't have ross but we're still to make we're still able to make something out of it. So what we want to stress out really is like each city has a different advantage. So put yourself on in a position that you can win. So for example, like me, any like I at first I love Ross finds of the week so much. And then I start realizing that I'll never be able to find these things and start hating it. (laughs) I'll never like, you know, like at first I was excited, like, yay, you know, and then, well, I get to, I I literally drive two hours to go to four Rosses. That's it. (laughs) You know? So it's not even that fun anymore at that point. It's literally like very, you know, you're taking risk. You're taking you know, four hours total going back and forth driving. So good thing they have a few marshals there. So when I go to uh, cities like that, I usually source 10 to 15 stores and then head back. Now, um, I've been wanting to get you 
and Glenn on at the same time. And your guys' schedules are very different, so it's hard to get you guys yeah. on at the same time. Yeah. Um, but uh, talk. let's stick with Out Hustle. Yeah. Um, how many – have you been with Tim since the beginning of Out Hustle, or did you join yeah. him later? Yeah, we actually created Out Hustle together. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we met in Chicago. And then it was, I think, June or July we met. And then, and then you know, we just started, you know, we just kind of like, you know, vibe with each other, you know, and we love shoes, we love basketball and stuff like that. So we started, you know, uh, constant communication. And then um, he interviewed me in this channel uh, for the first time. And then after that, I was like really thinking like, man, I really want to go to a different city and try to source, you know? I mean, I do it already, right? I go to, like, uh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville. I've been to Pittsburgh, uh, Michigan area. And then and then he's never been out of El Paso really sourcing because everything's too far away. And, you know, uh, he's literally, like, 14 hours away from Houston. So, you know, yeah, it's still in Texas, but still far away. So, yeah. So I was wanting to call him, but at this point I was like, man, he must be really busy. So I kind of just put it in the back of my mind. I was like, man, you know, I, I wish I could just tell Glenn that we could travel somewhere, maybe go to Florida or somewhere like that. And next thing I know, this guy calls me up and then this guy, I'm, you know, like Glenn, me and Glenn were just, you know, like we're not really close at this point. And then he's just like, Hey man, I just have a really great idea. And he told me about it. Like it was literally the same idea that I had. I said, bro, that's exact same idea I have. I just haven't called you because I was kind of like shy to approach you. And I was like, no, this is great. This is awesome. And then like within the next day or two, we bought our flights. And then within a month, we were in Houston. So it happened that quick. And after that, we just decided that we were going to do it every month. And we're approaching our 10th Out Hustle uh, this November. Nice. That's, I mean, I enjoy the Out Hustle videos. I mean, I, I watched it from the beginning and I enjoy it. I mean, it's just really good content because you guys are out of your, like I said, comfort area as far as sourcing yeah. and you guys are out in other cities around the country right. uh, sourcing. So, you know, it's very good content. Yeah. I mean, we're just, you know, a lot of people tell us like, Oh, go here, go there. It's like, um, you know, like we'll, we'll just go in blindly. We have a GPS and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cause a lot of times it's timing too, you know, like um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of it will be timing and you will never know unless you have an inside connect, which we don't have when they're going to restock because things happen, you know, the stores don't have a scheduled restock trucks get delayed. Employees don't come in. So restock gets delayed, you know, they don't have a scheduled restock. So it's just a matter of being there at the right time. Does it, um, does it take, does it take a toll on you going to all these different cities around the country or do you enjoy just getting out and seeing the other parts of the country? For me personally, I love traveling. You know, if there was any other thing that I would do, I would I would love to be a you know traveling salesman. <laughs> uh, you know, I would love that job. Uh, but also too, uh, you know, being only you know I've lived here for five years, 
in you know i've talked to a lot of people that i met uh i meet you know during my daily task and uh you know friends that i've had with my previous job and they're always like man that's crazy that you're all over the place i've only been to here and there i've never been to this place it's like man this is crazy because if you think about it my whole perspective is like you know like we all have an expiration date <laughs> We're going to die someday. Right. And at what point are you going to start traveling? At what point are you going to really discover? Are you going to be, are you going to stop being just curious? A lot of people stay in the curiosity mindset. I wonder what it tastes like. I wonder what it feels like. I wonder what it looks like. I am the kind of person who's like, I want to see it. I want to taste it. I want to smell it. <laughs> Let's go. You know, so yeah. So that's that. That's kind of my mentality, and I feel like that that really really translates to having that quality of life, and and uh, you know, talking about wanting to be successful. You know, success is not really all about the money. Success is really being able to experience something you want, do something you want at the time you want it, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a wheelchair trying to, you know, track the grand canyons. That wouldn't <laughs> be fun. No, <laughs> not fun at all in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> sure, That's sure. awesome, man. I mean, I, I'm very influenced by you guys and I've been a big fan of you and Glenn mm -hmm. and you know, you just, you just, I think you just inspire a lot of people who are even, thinking about reselling or still, uh, I say this a lot of my podcast still on the fence, whether they want to yep. do it or not. And that was me nine months ago. I wasn't really sure. You know, I, I actually researched for months before yeah. I started reselling. Mm -hmm. And my question is to you is if you had, uh, any advice to give a new reseller? Mm -hmm. I, I would say one, one of the things is, um, I know Glenn will say this too. start selling something that you're, that's already laying in your house. Uh, Gary V says that too. Um, you know, anything that you don't have to, you don't buy what you are going to resell at first uh, because one, you're going to make mistakes. And when you're going to make mistakes, make sure that it's something that doesn't cost you a lot of money to start with. Um, so that's what I did. I started selling everything that me and my wife didn't use at our own home. Uh, so that's how we started capital. Right. So um, so literally my startup money was just literally laying around my apartment, you know. So so that's one of the things that I would highly advise people. And number two, sell something that sells things that you are interested in, sell things that you like, sell things that you love, because I'm not going to say that reselling is easy. But when you're selling something that you're interested in, even the hard times, even when your apartment is full of it, you're still going to smile. My apartment is filled with shoes and I don't care about it. I love it. <laughs> I love seeing shoes everywhere I turn around the house because all I see is, you know, the art of making it, the story behind it and, you know, the the technology used behind it. So that that kind of like interests me. So. For me personally, like 
that's why I gravitated more into shoes, sporting goods, equipment, and category. So it doesn't bore me really. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't take a toll on me. But man, I I kid you not. I tried to. I bought five pairs of jeans. Tried to resell it. It took us probably eight months before we listed it because we weren't just interested about it. We didn't measure it. Wouldn't want to, <laughs> you know, we, you know, like it was just something like we know there was money to be made, but it wasn't something that we like to sell. You weren't, pa- you weren't passionate about it. Is that you're saying? About it. You're not, you're not excited about it. Right. So I guess that's a word. If you're not excited about selling that something, uh, you know, don't, don't even try it because at the end of the day, money is out there. You can make money. But the hard part is really sustaining yourself to be able to do things over and over again, right? Because we're not we're not doing this for one time, big time, right? It's not like I'm selling a million dollar shoe that's gonna pay me the rest of the year. You're talking about doing this every day, right? So so just like what what a lot of people will tell you, if you're trying to find a job, find a job that you would like because you'd have to do it every day, eight, at least eight hours a day, you know, if you're full time. So that's what I've. Uh, uh, I've take on. So, you know, that's my biggest advice. Start with something that's around you. Uh, that's not going to be costly. If you make a mistake, uh, you know, that way you'll be able to master the platform or at least know the basics of the platform. Uh, and then start finding and selling things that you like. Uh, you know, there's people that like selling video games because they love video games. Um, you know, like Glenn is a big Jersey guy. He loves jerseys. You know, so he started selling that and he loves selling it, you know, like like he does like he doesn't need to go to the swap meet, but he still goes to the swap meet because he finds those kind of jerseys, just kind of different shoes that he finds. So, uh, I mean, and that's that's love, right? That's loving what you do. Right. I mean, I there's a I've interviewed other resellers on my podcast and they basically say the same thing. It's like if you're not excited or passionate about doing this, you're going to lose interest in doing it and you're just going to stop doing it completely. Right, 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 right. But uh, my other question was to you, okay, uh, what are your goals as far as reselling? What What is your ultimate goal? Um, my ultimate goal uh, financially, let's talk about finances first, is I just want to get my inventory to uh, $300,000 worth. Um, so so maybe 3000 items. So I'm a third, um, I'm a third away. So I have hundred thousand right now. So now you're maybe, talking about your, your inventory worth, not what you're making, right? No, no, not what I'm making. So here's the thing, what your inventory worth percentage of that monthly was going to be what you're making. So if you put it on, if if you have $100,000 of inventory right now and you're selling 15% of it every month, that's how you're going to look at your yearly sales. So let's just make it simple. If I have uh, normally on average, mine is 20% uh, if you average it throughout the year. So if I have 100,000, I'm going to flip 20,000 every month times 12 that's $240,000 gross. And if I'm netting half of it, that is 120000 net a year. So 
for me, that's that's a pretty good income. So for that's me, I, I want me and my wife to take it to the 300,000 level so that I can triple that net to about 360. Um, and that's that's what I want to make. Uh, it's not really about, for me, making millions. Uh, the reason why I had it that numbered because I want to do, I want to travel more and I want to do more workshops. I want to help more people. So when I have that, that I know I can be financially taken care of with my personal bills and also give back more. Uh, so that's my biggest thing. And, you know, further down the road, I really do want to be, you know, I, I do want to be in in bigger stages where people invite me and share my story and help other and inspire people. So I really be, you know, I want to be up on a stage and sharing my story and, you know, not just the reselling part of it is just, uh, I, I want to share more of, of, of designing and creating your life on how success looks like for you personally. That's awesome, man. That's that's a really nice goal to have. Mm -hmm. And you already just already do. You inspire a lot of people. You inspire me. You inspired a whole lot of people who follow on Instagram and YouTube, man. I mean, you know, it's the hustle bee, man. Everybody, you know, I know um, you said a, a while back, I think it was on your Instagram that you, you had a couple of haters. Um, yeah, which was kind of <laughs> weird. But I mean, yeah. it just comes with the territory, right? Yeah, they're out there. Uh you know, and 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 I come to I, I come to think that it's somewhat that I have I have kind of reinvented the wheel. You know, like kind of like uh, uh, introduce new ways of doing things, and and maybe that kind of like gained a competitive advantage against them. So a lot of these people that are really hating are people that are not wanting to change. Because they want to stick on their old self and in their old ways. But, you know, when you're in the business world, you got to be always willing to innovate. You know, yeah. you always got to be willing to change, to adapt, right? So, you know, yeah, I get I get emails every now and then on, on how we're, you know, ruining the business, on how we're, you know, making Ross prices go up. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. So right. a lot of it really excuses of not wanting to do more and not wanting to do things differently. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I just found it funny that you said you had a couple of haters on there. I mean, <laughs> I can, how can someone hate the hustle be? I mean, you're like the coolest, <laughs> most down to earth guy. I mean, I met you at the meetup. You guys are both cool. You and Glenn are both really cool down to earth. I asked you guys about my podcast and you guys are like, didn't hesitate. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll come on your podcast. Yeah, you know? So sure. you guys are awesome, man. I mean, uh, I want to, again, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for doing this. Um, yeah. You're, you're an welcome. amazing guy. Uh, I'm going to keep watching the uh, hustle hustler hacks channel. Um, yeah. If you're not following Hustlebee on Instagram, follow him on, on Instagram, the Hustlebee. follow him. He's got a great story. Follow him. Uh, look for him on uh, hustler hacks channel. Um, how many videos do you guys do a week? Like couple, right? Yeah, me and Glenn. Uh, Glenn does, I think, four videos a week. But uh, me and Glenn does. Uh, we we do a live show every Wednesday night. So that's me and him. And then every Tuesday we drop a video for our hustle. Nice. 
Yeah. All right, Ken, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it again. Uh, you're awesome. Um, just keep on hustling, man. And uh, oh, if you're man. thinking about moving, it, Las Vegas has a lot of Rosses here. <laughs> I've been there. It gets <laughs> too hot. The hustle beast. The hustle beast going to melt. Too hot for the beast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man appreciate it man i'm always willing to uh you know hop in podcasts and uh, share some insights with uh, fellow resellers and you know uh and uh eventually help more people and inspire more people and uh, thanks for inviting me appreciate it hey, thanks for being on man i appreciate it thank you very yeah. much all right take care have a good day uh you too all right bye-bye Now it's time to go over my weekend sales. Sales were okay. Not the greatest. Uh, no home runs. And I'm, I'm starting to get used to the fact, and a lot of resellers that I, that I follow, um, they're like, you're not going to get home runs every week, every day. You're not going to get these big old sales. And that was true for me this week. Um, I just, you know, I do sell clothes mainly, and that's majority of my inventory. But uh, nothing real huge that I sold not last week when I sold that vintage uh, uh, creepy uh, thing maker for like 70 some odd bucks. And uh, just just clothes. Nothing real, real standout-ish, I say, if, that, if that's a word. Um, nothing really that stands out. Maybe, maybe one thing. Um, we'll start out with uh, Eddie Bauer. Uh, if we, y'all know Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer is everywhere. They sell clothes. They sell kits for your car. You know everything that they can put Eddie Bauer on. Eddie Bauer edition trucks. Anyway, Eddie Bauer women's khaki pants, and I sold these for sixteen ninety nine. Had them up in my store forever. These things were there forever. Um, finally sold them for sixteen ninety nine. Uh, it wasn't even a best offer or anything. They just sold it for. I just sold it for sixteen ninety nine. I think at one point when I first listed it, or listed the item, it was. I think I had it for nineteen ninety nine, and I just brought it all the way down to sixteen ninety nine because it's been in the forever. I just wanted to get rid of them. Um, they're okay looking pants. You know, pants you would go you know hiking with or somewhere you know in a mountain or something. They're like khaki cargos. Uh, everything I talk about, of course, I'm going to put on my Instagram. Not only will you uh, hear what I'm talking about, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Eddie Bauer, uh, women's brown khaki pants, 100% cotton, $16.99. And if you do decide to look up any Eddie Bauer, it is saturated on eBay with Eddie Bauer stuff. So be real selective on what you source for Eddie Bauer because it's just saturated with stuff. Uh, just make sure it's selling. Uh, next up is a Gap, uh, Gap clothing, women's green long sleeve dress with a drawstring waist. Uh, sold it for thirteen bucks, best offer. Uh, pretty good looking dress. Uh, picked it up at the bins. Uh, I'll go back to Eddie Bauer. Picked that up at Savers. Uh, Gap women's uh, uh, dress uh, was at the Goodwill bins. Thirteen dollars, best offer. I think I had it up for like. Sixteen ninety nine, took a best offer of uh, thirteen, and it's off to its new home. Uh, next up is Lululemon. I do sell Lululemon once in a while. I do have a few Lululemon uh, items. Uh, I think at one point Lululemon was like the hot item. You couldn't you couldn't even keep it in stock if you had Lululemon. This was a Lululemon dress. Uh, 
and it was uh, floral, floral print, short sleeve, extra large, and sold it for fifteen ninety nine. Um, I think that's what I had it listed at, so they just paid full price for it. Fifteen ninety nine, and that's what the other dresses were going for for Lulu Row. Uh, fifteen ninety nine, sold it, shipped it off. It weighs practically nothing, so I paid a couple dollars for shipping, first class shipping, off to its new home. Uh, excuse me. Uh, next up is Maurice's, uh, a white short sleeve top with a lace hem. It has lace on the bottom of the top. Just a white uh, top, nothing real, real fancy about it. Just basic top. Sold it for nine ninety nine. And uh, picked it up at the Goodwill Bins. Paid less than a dollar for it. And if you listeners know out there, you know most of my sourcing is done at the Goodwill Bins. So most of the stuff I, I get, it basically breaks down to less than a dollar with these big hauls. Sometimes I get. So it was uh, $9.99. Paid less than a dollar for it. Made a few bucks off of it. Next up is uh, Tommy Hilfiger. Um, I don't sell Tommy Hilf- Hilfiger uh, too much. I do have a few... Tommy Hilfiger uh, items in my store. These were a pair of jeans. And jeans are starting to sell steady for me. Um, even though I, I talk a lot of smack about listing jeans. Um, it's uh, the Hope Boot Women's Jeans uh, Size 4. Uh, $17.99. The buyer just paid $17.99. That's what I had it listed for. And it's off to its new home. Just a basic pair of blue jeans. And uh, hopefully they don't get returned. I think most of my returns that I've got are jeans. Um, Lula, another LuLaRoe. Uh, scoring big on LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe Randy. It's a Randy top. Uh, looks like a baseball, excuse me, baseball style top. Uh, it's got the solid color sleeves and the floral print uh, shirt for the rest of the shirt. Three-quarter sleeves, size small. Wasn't a real big shirt. Uh, paid best offer of seventeen fifty. Had it up for nineteen ninety nine, and it's off to its new home. Pretty good looking top. Uh, next up is Ann Taylor uh, blue button front three quarter sleeve jacket. I sold this yesterday, and it's been up in my store for a while. Ann Taylor, uh, nice clothing line, but not it's Ann Taylor Loft. Uh, not all Ann Taylor. Taylor sells. Um, so be wary of picking up Ann Taylor if you're a reseller for clothes. Um, it just doesn't sell that great Ann Taylor loft. It just depends on what you pick up. Just like the Eddie Bauer stuff, Ann Taylor is just saturated on eBay. So it, like again, be selective on what you pick up as far as Ann Taylor. Just make sure it's selling. Um, next up is, uh, this one's a pretty good flip. Um, it was a vintage Gold's Gym uh, men's long sleeve shirt. It was like one of those thermal type shirts, workout shirts, real big size, 2XL. And of course, you know, it probably going to some bodybuilder. Uh, so it, I had it up for $39.99, took a best offer of $35, and it's off to its new home. It's just a basic gray long sleeve thermo. It's a 2XL. So it's a really big shirt. So I'm sure some bodybuilder has it, you know, because he's a real big guy. So it's 2XL. It's a vintage Gold's Gym uh, shirt. So pretty nice flip on that. I got it at the Goodwill Bins. Uh, paid less than a dollar. And uh, 
I, I don't know what vintage gold gym looks like because I don't pick gold's gym up too much, but it does sell. Um, you have to look it up. Uh, there's so many different tags when it comes to gold's gym, but uh, I did a lot of research on it. Uh, come to find out it was vintage. So I had it up at 39. Um, there wasn't too many listings on it. So I kind of knew it was going to sell because as soon as I listed it, I already had a couple watchers. And uh, sure enough, I uh, sold it for 35 So that one's a pretty good flip. Uh, last one, uh, Adidas Climacool Men's Multicolored Striped Short Sleeve Polo Golf Shirt. And that's how I title my listing. Uh, new with tags. And this one's also a big shirt. And I can't stress this enough. Big sizes sell. I had this one up for like a week. I listed it like a week ago. And listed it for $34.99. And exactly what I got, $34.99. New with tags. And it's a pretty nice looking golf shirt. You know, I'd probably wear it if I went golfing. I haven't been golfing in years. But um, it's a 2XL, so it's way too big for me. <laughs> but uh, Adidas, Climacool. Golf shirts do sell, but depends on the style. And if it's new with tags, uh, it just depends. I've, I've sold a few golf shirts, but... Some take longer than others, just like any other clothing item that you find. So just make sure you do your research if you're reselling any type of clothes. Golf shirts do sell. New with tags is better, but it also depends on the type of clothing. Like if it's Adidas or Nike or, you know, New Balance or something, you know, just, you know, foot joy, anything golf related, you know, just like uh, golf shoes. You know, I can't keep golf shoes in my store because I sell them so fast and I... When I go sourcing at the bins, that's the first thing I look for when I go to that big shoe bin. Look for any type of golf shoes. Not every golf shoe, but Nike, Foot Joy, you know, Callaway, you know, that, that, that stuff sells. It really sells fast. And that was it for uh, my sales of the week, my weekly sales. Um, I'm trying to break through that double-digit barrier as far as sales. I think I've hit that barrier once when I held a sale in my store, and it was uh, pretty good. So I think I hit like 11 sales at one point, and it was great. It motivated me to keep selling, but lately it's just been eight, nine, pretty close to double-digit mark. But uh, these are sales that I get through the week being a part-time seller, and I'm hoping Q4 is here. Let's hope sales will pick up and I get into those double-digit sales like every week. But uh, that's pretty much it for my weekend uh, weekend sales. Uh, up next is eBay News. Now it's time for some eBay news. Uh, there is a couple articles that are pretty interesting as far as eBay related or eBay. Um, this one comes off of PC Magazine. Uh, it's headline is eBay can now guarantee that 10 K your $10,000 watch you bought isn't fake. Uh, the new authentic luxury watches section on eBay will confirm that you have a real, uh, and it goes on like Patek Philippi or Rolex timepiece over 30 brands are included in the authenticate program ranging from the price of 500 to 50,000. And I used to know a guy who used to sell, on eBay, sell watches on eBay, and 
this caught my eye because um, a lot of people buy watches on eBay and then they wonder if they're real. And I know that there's a lot of sellers out there that are legit. They're honest sellers and they're it's just a legit watch that you sell. But a lot of buyers are skeptical when it comes to buying watches on, on eBay. And I guess I would be too uh, if I'm buying a $10,000 watch, like a Rolex or something. But uh, they ha- uh, eBay has a authenticate program now. I guess they have people who can uh, authenticate a certain type of watch if it's real or fake. And uh, it, the article goes on. Uh, the article was written on September 5th. Uh, the article goes on eBay's authentic program through which experts ensure that what is being sold on the site is actually genuine. You will now guarantee, uh, guarantee that products from over 30 luxury watch brands are authentic. eBay started the program with the luxury handbags in 2017, which I didn't know, is now expanding it to include timepieces from brands such as uh, Breitling, Bat- uh, Patek Philippe, and Rolex. If the uh, sorry for that smack, if the seller is confirmed as legitimate, uh, an authenticity uh, verified tag will appear next to the delivery information. Uh, so probably a little box next to the delivery information will come up and say it's authentic. It goes without saying that this will be a welcome addition to those with an eye for expensive wristwear, as many watches from such brands can cost thousands or ten thousands of dollars. The program is set to grow to approximately 10,000 luxury watches costing between 500 to 50,000. James Handy, the senior director who runs eBay uh, Authenticate, uh, tells Forbes, however, he will not give more information about how many experts eBay has on hand. It's kind of weird. Uh, should a buyer doubt the authenticity of the purchase from a seller using the authenticity? authenticity verification tag they can contact the seller and return the watch now us sellers are always worried about stuff getting returned uh, I had an issue with a, a buyer a few months ago about some uh, what were the jeans uh, true religion jeans true religion jeans he thought they were fake and I put stickers uh, thank you stickers on everything I, I send out. And if they have an issue, to contact me first before leaving a negative feedback. So that's what he did. He contacted me and says, I don't think these things are real. Um, I want my money back. So it it made me think, Is are these pants real? Because I got them at the, at the Savers bins, I believe. Picked them up. They were white, uh, true religion jeans. And I was just like, you know, okay, you know, just send them back and, you know, I'll give you a refund. And it wasn't like a huge refund. It was like 35 bucks, But uh, I can I can understand why eBay is doing this. And it probably won't be too far down the line where they start authenticating clothing. Like True Religion or Rock Revival or, you know, any high-end brand of clothing. So I think they're just starting with watches, which is, I think, a lot of people are questioning whether they're buying an authentic watch and i think it's going to go down the line to where they're going to authenticate clothing too so i'm just waiting for that to come out um and it goes on uh as uh, ebay service is available in several europe territories including the united kingdom uh 
And while the Authenticate program may not deter unverified sales completely, it will help others rest easy knowing that the premium they paid means their Rolex is the real deal. So eBay is authenticating watches now, which I think is pretty interesting because I'm just wondering what else they're going to start authenticating. And I think it's going to start with watches. They're doing purses. So now I think they're going to start doing clothing. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, usually the stuff rolls downhill. So, you know, we'll, I'll keep an eye on that. Um, next up was pretty interesting. I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's an actual thing. But uh, this one comes off of... Now I can't bring it up. Sorry. Usually I have everything ready. Here it goes. Just my computer's been really slow. Uh, e this comes off of MSN.com. Oh, jeez. eBay will sell sports apparel and memorabilia on ESPN.com. Uh, this really caught my eye because I do sell some sports-related stuff. And I don't know if this is going to be helpful or this is going to hurt. I'm not really sure. But uh, ESPN and eBay are teaming up to make the latter sports equipment, apparel, and memorabilia accessible through the ESPN.com uh, website. Uh, details about the partnership will be implemented are slim at the moment, which means nobody is really sure if this is a real thing. Uh, but ESPN says the new shopping experience will be delivered through uh, integrated shopping modules on the web and mobile versions of ESPN.com. However, these vague modules, in quotations, ends up being the aim is to make eBay's trove of officially licensed products easier to find and shop when fans are browsing ESPN's website. Now, I believe if you go to ESPN.com and they're going to start selling memorabilia and apparel and equipment, it's going to direct you. As soon as you click on it, it's going to direct you, of course, to eBay. Uh, they're... You know, it's going to quote, there's a few things people are more passionate about than about than sports and the apparel, memorabilia, collectibles. Uh, teens have become an important part of uh, sports fandom, which is true. You get some crazy uh, sports fans. Uh, ESPN and eBay are connecting the world's largest sports community with the greatest collection of related inventory to deliver shopping experiences when fans are most engaged. Whether it's immediately following the big game or when a sports legend is in its headlines will help fans immediately shop for the moment, which I think is a... Reading the article again, I think it's a good thing. Not only does it drive more traffic to eBay, you know, it's just connecting another website, a huge website, which is ESPN, to a big platform, which is eBay. So we'll keep an eye out for that. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if they actually are, but according to MSN.com, it's uh, it's gonna happen, but at the same time, they're thinking it's gonna be it's just all rumors. So we'll see what happens. I haven't gone to the ESPN website to see if it's been implemented yet, but uh, we'll find out. I'm kind of curious. I'm gonna keep an eye on this story. Yep, we'll see. And uh, I might, yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on that. So that's pretty much for uh, it for eBay's uh, news. 
Uh, on next is a weird listing of the week. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's weird listing of the week. Uh, this listing this week is not as weird as the other ones I've been talking about in my previous podcast, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it comes from a seller named uh, Rough Rocks, uh, Rough underscore Rocks, and I saw it. And if, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw it. Um, but uh, you know, are you someone who's always getting foiled every time you want to take over the world? You know, do you have a diabolical plan to take over a, a planet? Or maybe just the state of New Jersey. But just to take over something and have it your own. Only to have it ruined by Superman. Superman always coming in. Foiling your plans. Foiling your diabolical scheme to take over the world. Well, here's your chance to get back at Superman. Rock, uh, Rough Rocks is selling a lot of two kryptonite rocks. Uh, both at 1.6 ounces, and the listing is lot of two kryptonite uh, kryptonite rocks, 1.6 ounce Superman weakness, and that's what he listed on there. Um, you can start the bid at nine dollars. Uh, he has no best offer. Uh, you, all you uh, evil go doers who want to stop Superman from ruining your plans. Uh, this is the listing for you. Two kryptonite rocks. Uh, it shows the main photo. It shows uh, the scale of the rocks. Uh, two rocks. Uh, a dime. Measuring the scale of it. Between the two rocks. And there are two little pieces of kryptonite rock. Kryptonite. In quotations. And uh, it said it glows under UV light. Uh, from Superman's home planet of Krypton. Uh, it is famous for being the ultimate natural weakness of Superman. Uh, kryptonite's radioactive remains of Superman's, and this is the description on his uh, listing. Kryptonite's radioactive remains of Superman's native planet, Krypton, and generally has detrimental effects on Superman and other Kryptonians. The name Kryptonite covers a variety of forms of substance, but usually refers to the most common green form when Kryptonians or Superman comes close. Uh, and it goes on. Uh, the Kryptonite, a yellow color changes to luminous lime green when Superman is near. The color changes to lime green under a long wave uh, black light uh, under a UV bulb. It turns green. Uh, Kryptonite is a radioactive, radioactive poison to Superman. It takes away his powers when around it. And of course, if you all know the story of Superman, kryptonite is his weakness. Other than that, Superman has no weaknesses except for kryptonite. Uh, it will cause detrimental effects if exposed to for a long periods of time. Uh, it's his only weakness. It's highly weakened Superman. Only his super breath is not affected by the exposure of the kryptonite. Uh, the kryptonite is the, is the original kryptonite color from the older Superman comics. Before modern movies changed the color to very dark green, which I didn't know. I'm not a very big Superman fan. I am a uh, more of a Marvel fan. Uh, 
the kryptonite glows in bright green under UV light, and the photo is not altered. This rock glows. And that's right. Uh, if you're uh, an evil villain who wants to take over the world, or like I said, just maybe the state of New Jersey, but uh, kryptonite. That way Superman won't foil your plans. So go ahead and start the bid at, at $9 for uh, some kryptonite. It's actually really cool looking. But uh, yeah, kryptonite for sale on eBay. Pretty accessible for you evildoers. And that's pretty much it for my weird listing of the week. Again, I want to thank the Hustlebee for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Just an amazing guy, amazing reseller. Just all around, just great person. I'm just ecstatic that he was on my show. Um, I also want to mention, uh, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. It's getting a great response. Uh, I even got a couple uh, negative ratings on my Apple podcast. So, uh, you know, one was just the segment, uh, transitions are too loud. Uh, another, uh, feedback was I mentioned a certain reseller too much, so I'm not going to say her name, but you know, I'll try to keep it to a minimum, but thank you very much everybody for listening to the show. Uh, thanks again for the hustle bee and I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week. Have a good week, weekend. Hope your sales are good. Hope your sales are up and keep on hustling.